Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today because I have my longtime Acme buddy, Chip Chinnery, born in Cincinnati, Ohio, who's been doing stand-up since he was 16 years old. He's been on 5 billion television shows. <laughs> and um, I'm really excited because I want to actually – he has, a, he has a, a website and probably a blog um, called um, Chip's Money Tips. Yeah. And uh, so I'm f- excited to talk about this because we're <laughs> – there's some similarities there that I, yeah. I'm excited to hear about. So welcome, Chip. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bob. Yes, we have a kinship in uh, uh, being able to crunch numbers, I think. Which I don't think a lot of people have. They don't. And you also had a degree in business psychology. Yes, which I think is misleading because oh, okay. it's – I started studying business at okay. uh, Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. And uh, about two – somebody once said, dude, you can, take, you can take accounting 201 and 202 at the same time because they're different. Well, I did. <laughs> and uh, I was able to get an F in both of them. Oh, there <laughs> And that was the first quarter of first uh, semester of my junior year, and it's, I'd never had an F before. And I was like, "Oh, oh, now what?" My mom said, "Well, let's. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to study?" So I decided to go for psychology, which they had. They had three different divisions in there. One was educational, one was psych- business, and one was uh, another uh, development. And so I chose the business psychology t- uh, degree to get because I could use my related courses that I hadn't failed in business <laughs> exactly. to uh, get the uh, psych degree. Well, do you think that's where you got your uh, your inkling or your your good feel for uh, the money stuff? Well, I I, or- I think my my folks, my mom was a number cruncher. My dad was a salesman, so I I liked the he taught me about entrepreneurship and just okay. he was a salesman. He sold windows, he sold replacement windows, he sold uh, uh, insulation when that was popular in the seventies. He used to sell ditchwitch trenchers. He had a franchise for that. When I was growing up, he had trenchers and. And trucks and and, and so I, he liked the sale, but I don't think he was the number cruncher. My mom was the number cruncher. She looked at – she had this much stock and she'd review it all the time. What are you looking at that page for in the newspaper? Oh, I'm going to see how my stocks did back when people had newspapers right. and would check. Back in the day. How did Procter & Gamble do today? So she was a number cruncher and he was a salesman and, I, and that, that really – it got to me and I, I soaked it up. I, I, my sisters, I'm not sure they soaked it up. But right. I, did. I think I soaked up whatever they could have been – could have had. Well, it sort of makes sense, though, because in a way, salesman is an entertainer, right? Right. You're trying to get the crowd on your side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then, comedy, I always said comedy uh, you know, comedy and psychology are very similar because psychology studies the way people behave and comedy makes fun of that. Exactly. Yeah. And then you stu- and then you got to know your audience. Exactly. Study the gotta, way they behave so see, that they will laugh. Hey, are they, they're <laughs> folding their arms. I don't think that's a good thing. Oh, they're getting up and leaving. Yeah, that's a bad sign, right? Bad, bad. Change gears. When what was your first big money experience as a kid? Like, do you remember like getting a big allowance or getting a big gift? Or I used to I I I used to be a paper boy. Okay, and I would make four dollars a month. It was terrible, but all of a sudden I had my own money, and I saw how I could, that would come in. And then I said, ah, I want to make more money, so I started cutting grasses. Oh, I lived in Ohio, so whenever it snowed and we had a snow day, I was fired up. I was the first guy out the door just to shovel driveways for five dollars. Wow. And I would just spend ha- that morning just shoveling and come back. I got $35. Wow. Which in the 70s is huge. Was, was good, yeah. And you're like, you're exhausted. And then my mom's like, you want to go play with your friends now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go, yeah. I'll go do that. After I make another five bucks. <laughs> yeah. But I would rake yards. I would uh, cut grass. I would do all that stuff. And yeah. do you na- did you invest any of that money in 
Procter & Gamble or did you like get into stocks? Well, I guess one of the things that my mom did when I was born or when my sisters and I were all born, uh, we got $1,000 in Procter & Gamble stock. My mom okay. said it was from my grandmother. Eh, but looking back, I'm like, well, she she was three years late giving it to me after I was born. I don't know why your, my grandmother would have given it to me after she died. Right. So basically my mom gave me a gift and my sister's a gift. And I just I was kind of into it. So I was like, oh, so I got I got a thousand dollars worth of Procter and Gamble stock, and every quarter I get cash. That's called dividends. Okay, cool. Let's go put that in the bank. And so my mom was probably liking my interest in it because she'd say, oh, yeah, let's go up to Eagle Savings and put some money in the bank here. Your dividend check came in, and I was like, oh, it's great. That's now yeah. is Procter and Gamble in Cincinnati? It is. It's That's a what Cincinnati I thought. Company. That's yeah. right. And so is that what her love was for it, or did she work there? Or? I think she got she inherited some stock from her mom and dad. And there was Procter and Gamble stock there, and so there was like the idea was like, oh, let's give him give him a Cincinnati stock that he can, hey, point at the building downtown. That's where Procter and Gamble is, and you have stock in that. You part, you own part of that building. You own part of Cincinnati. Really? Now that's so cool because there's a couple things I know about Cincinnati. There's a little town called Saint Bernard, yeah. where um, I think some of the big companies are too. And then the airport is in Kentucky. Airports in Kentucky, of course. Which drives me insane because <laughs> I like everything in. Neat yeah. order. Cincinnati so that, was full. We had to put it in the river. We had to Kentucky. put it across the river. Yeah. About ten miles south. What? It's like it's not the it's not the <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio airport. Yeah. The airport uh that we have is Lunkin, and that's kind of near my house. It was about four miles from my house. And my dad was a, a one of his other jobs. He sold airplanes. He used airplanes. Oh, okay. He was a broker, so he's like a uh like a used car salesman for airplanes. And the Lunkin Airport was a few miles away, and my dad had an office there. And that's where the Beatles would land when the oh, Beatles cool. came to town. Yeah. So. Well, see, I'm a cr- <laughs> the thing is, like, the way my mind works is who's getting the tax revenue for the Cincinnati airport that's using the name Cincinnati, but it's in Kentucky. So is it 50-50? Ah. Like, that's yeah. A, yeah. And then my, my mind also in Cincinnati, if you live in the Cincinnati city limits, you pay an extra 2% for that honor. Yes, and we lived I, in the county just over the border. My was, backyard was uh, the the county city line. Oh wow! So you guys didn't have to pay in that extra tax. We didn't. Pay I file those tax returns for a few clients. Of mine yeah. that live in Cincinnati. So you know the deal. I know the deal. And I have friends who was like, "Yeah, we want to move downtown." I'm like, "Really?" So if you make a hundred grand a year, you're paying an extra two thousand dollars to live downtown. To live downtown. All right. Well, thank you. I'm sure the city thanks you. I'm sure they put it to good use. Exactly. At uh, doing that train that they have in town now. I forget what it's called, but uh, it's a big thing. If you have a, people in Cincinnati right now are going, oh, there's a train. he knows about the train thing that's a bust. Well, I'm hoping maybe it's a coal train because coal is on the way back and, oh, you know, coal's com- making a comeback. That's true. So hopefully it's a coal steamer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, it's, it's one of these passenger trains that they decided, oh, it's going to cover a few blocks and it's going to cost millions of dollars a year and we don't really need it and it's losing money. Oh, <laughs> sort of like so, the Spruce Goose. Yeah. <laughs> Something like <it's>... that. <laughs> so you started doing stand-up at 16. I'm I assuming did. in Cincinnati because I'm assuming you still lived with your parents until you yes, graduated yes. high school. And um, like – so you your mom was the number person. Um, you did the business stuff. You made a couple of Fs, a little jarring, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you'd launch out into the big world. And like where did your passion take you towards – the money security towards the creative. Like how did you yeah. – like a lot of people think I'm crazy because I – well, I am. But I mean – but because 
We all have our crazy, and that's that's yeah. Like one of my crazies is being able to juggle the numbers, just like you. And yeah. it's it's a great crazy to have. Uh, but my, I, I should say this. When I was a kid, I was into baseball cards. I've always liked the entrepreneur thing. I used to buy and sell baseball cards starting okay. when I was uh, 12 years old, 11 years old. I even had a – I put on a convention, a baseball card convention at the Holiday Inn in downtown Cincinnati in September of 81 when I was 16. I actually just, just turned 17. Wow. And I put it on, and I hired a local uh, baseball player, Jim O'Toole, who pitched in the 60s, and he, he was a great pitcher for the Reds. He came and signed autographs. Now, he was, he was a friend of my school classmate, so he did it for like 100 bucks. But I was able to say, Jim O'Toole is going to be here signing autographs. Come down to the Cincinnati, base, Cincinnati Holiday Inn baseball card show and – I sold tables to dealers who put on their wares, and I made a few hundred bucks for the day. So I was always into the thing. Like I, I was into baseball cards, buying and selling, doing mail order at the time, setting up at these little monthly conventions, putting on my own convention. I was into uh, caddying. Caddied for John Boehner once, the old Speaker of the House. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, he paid me $5. Wow, but that's that's when you anyway. It's not his fault. Our flat rate was four fifty, and a lot of times people tipped you fifty bucks. And even looking back now, it's like that is so cheap. It is who because even adjusted for inflation, that's horrible to pay me that little to carry a bag for four hours in the heat. Oh, usually, yeah. And then from then to go here, here's a five. You keep, you keep the yeah, change. Keep the fifty cents. What? And then some guys would tip you a whole extra dollar. Oh, like, whoa! No. Stop. So I get six bucks. The smartest return. Oh, the smartest guy though was Drew Morgan. He was a uh, he paid everybody ten bucks to caddy for him, no matter who you were or how good you were. So he was the king. He was the king for literally four more dollars. He was thought of more highly by every caddy. And they, oh, Mr. Morgan, hey, Mr. Morgan, hey, you want a caddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, because they knew they're going to get some extra money. It was great. Four bucks, man. Gee, that's your paper route. It goes far. It goes far. But the – oh, the and then I, I went to college, yes. I went to Miami of Ohio, and I was doing everything else. I was I lived in a fraternity house. I eventually uh, acquired the soda and uh, snack vending uh, – what is it called? There's a name for it. The trade, the – the, uh, I was in charge of it. Oh, okay. So I made 50 bucks a week. And in college, that's a lot of money in the 80s. Right. So yeah. I was like – I was flush. Wow. Ready to go to Dollar Beer Night at And probably free treats every once in a while. Oh, like, hey, let's uh, open up the snack machine. We hey. come back from the bars. Let's go. Yeah. Somebody uh, stole our inventory. <laughs> and one guy made the mistake saying, hey, why is the sodas 45 cents? What am I going to do with this extra nickel? No problem. I'll take care of you. <laughs> made it 50 cents. So people didn't have to worry about the extra nickel. Yeah, because it's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful. Just help them out. And then I did a uh, – uh, I had a mobile pizza shack my okay. senior year in college. So I've always been interested. I don't know how much you want to hear about this, but I've always been interested in the, in the, the commerce. I love commerce. Right. It's fun to me. But uh, I just like money. Yeah, just <laughs> stacks of it. I just like looking at a bank account going, oh, there's money. Oh, good. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. Like, money gives you freedom. It does. And a lot of people just I, – I don't know. People put themselves under a lot of stress. But I got to have this new iPhone. I got to have this new mm-hmm. car. I'm like, dude, you're stressed right now. How about you don't have that? Right. Yeah. And how did you not succumb to that pressure? Because I know I have so many clients that I have to have the newest phone. I have to have the newest uh, Apple computer. I have to – and man, I'm – like everybody laughs at me because I haven't upgraded my phone. It's probably like five generations behind. Yeah. The car that I have is a 1999 Infiniti G20 that I bought new 20 years ago. In June, it will turn 20 years old. And it's the second car I've had in 32 years. And it's paid off. Oh, yeah. Long time. Yeah. So I had I bought an 86 Accord, brand new, 
drove that for 326,000 miles, 28,536 miles. And then I bought a new Infiniti because I got in a wreck with ah. my Honda after 13 years. And the insurance adjuster came out and said, it's total. I go, why? Why? Why is it total? And he goes, and he just looked at me unbelievable, uh, implausibly. Whatever. He's like, going, um, how, how old is it? 13 years. Uh, how many miles does it have? 328,536. It's total, dude. It's done. <laughs> so no. I had to buy a new car. But yeah, so I've had I've had a car for uh, how many years is this now? 33? Yeah. And I've had 10 years worth of car payments. So it's great. Yeah, that's the best part. And you don't have to pay as much for insurance. Right. You know, uh, but I, I don't know what the – oh, my – where did I get that? That mm-hmm. – uh, uh, I think my mom was stressed about money. Mm. I know she was because at one point after college, uh, she was carrying on like they were broke. And I said to my sister, I was like, do you get the impression they're, they have like 30 grand of their name? She said, yeah, something like that. I go, okay, I need to know exactly how much stock you have. I'm out of college. I need to know I'm an adult. And they told me, I'm like, <laughs> I go, mom, you have money. Right. No, we don't. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Okay, you you can say you don't, but you do. You, you have, have a lot here. You're fine. But in her mind, it was like right. stock, and stock was for her retirement. She wasn't going to touch that. Right. So I was stressed for them, and then I'm like, all right, you're nuts. Right. But then it, I kind of put a good thing in me. It's not I'm, – I'm better than my mom was at it. I'm not stressed about it. Right. But thankfully, I, it's, it's easy for me to say, I'll just uh, – I'll go to McDonald's and grab a sandwich for a dollar instead of the $4.50 one. I don't know. No, but that's well. It's no. It's it's. I'm always like I and I. I, I know I've told the story before, but when I go buy a purchase or like I buy a TV, I spend like four months right trying to make sure it's the best and when's yep. the technology going to change yep. and like because as soon as I spend the money, they're going to upgrade or something. So yep. I'm 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 always waiting. Yep. And um, I was I was at the store and somebody was like, "Look, we can save five thousand bucks if we buy it today if we put it on the credit card." And I was just like. Oh. <laughs> they didn't even talk about it, <laughs> and I was just so flipped out to have that. Yeah, I'm the same way, and I I know some people out there going, "Listen, dude, your time is worth money, and you're you're wasting all this time researching it, and it's not even worth it." Well, you know, I have time, so why not? And I'll feel better knowing that I've researched it. Yeah, because I do think people are stressed out these days, and I think. With social media and especially L.A. when you're trying to posture and show yeah. how amazing your life is and that your career's <laughs> on the rebound again, um, like there's this pressure. To look good to and look be, and have stuff, a thing. I'm just like, I don't have the energy. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. It's like I can look around and I, I know this guy's broke. This guy's broke, but got a nice car. Well, that's fine. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, if that's how you want to live. But to me, it's just stress, and you're not free. Yeah. It's like, I got to make enough things. I got to make this thing to make my mortgage, man. I got I to make money to get a car payment together. Like, oh, okay. Or you could just sell that car and go buy one for literally $1,000. Buy my 1999 Infiniti from me for a couple grand, and you'll have a great car. Right. You know, and it's going to be fine. And it's, and it's the equivalent of whatever your $500 a month mortgage or monthly car payment on a new car would be. You'd be, you'd be done in two months. Right. <laughs> Why stress for your life? Eh. Ah. Yeah. yeah. No, People. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What was your um, – do you remember your first big check in entertainment? Like I don't know if it was when you were 16 doing stand-up or when you did a, like a TV show. But like do you remember that first check? And oh, yeah. How did it feel? Oh, yeah. I did like, – when I was doing stand-up at this – when I was 16, it was at a club in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio at a Clifton – 
was where the University of Cincinnati is, and it was a it was a Clifton bar called DWI, D period W period E Y E, which gives you an idea of how you know people were being flippant about DWIs back then. <laughs> to name a bar, hey, my bar's name is DWI. <laughs> it's like, oh, hmm. But uh, so the times were different. But we got paid two dollars and a free drink to perform. So wow. I didn't make a lot of money then. But uh, my first big check in Hollywood, which I, which was actually my first big check of anything, it was in 1997 in May. Uh, it was my first commercial. It was a buyout for uh, Six Flags Hurricane Harbor. I was their their guy at the brand new Hurricane Harbor that we have up here in. Um, I guess Is it, Magic, oh, the Magic Mountain. Mountain. Yeah, yeah. Six Flags Magic Mountain. Six Flags Magic Mountain. So this was in 97. It came out, and they wanted to have – I was a guy in a suit going on all the rides and interviewing people with a microphone in the water. And it was just fun, crazy, zany thing. And that was a $20,000 buyout. Wow. And I was just – I took a picture of that check and kept it. But I was like, man, this is awesome. $20,000. And did you know you were going to get that when you – Started filming? Did yes. Did you already know ahead? I knew it was going to be a buyout, and that was what it was going to be. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And our friend Arlene Schuster-Goss cast me in it, and Fred Goss. Oh, it was just so fantastic. I was so happy. No, that's so cool, because <laughs> when you say that, there rem- so I have a client who booked me in a commercial, and I played a gnome, and then I also played a stagehand so I could get paid twice. Nice. And... I was going to get a $50,000 buyout on both. So I was going to get $100,000. Wow. It was so freaking exciting. And I went and did it. And in between takes, the the people for the butter com- you know, butter company yeah. loved my gnome. Yeah. I was hilarious. But the lead <laughs> actor – or the lead actress, I think it was the actress – Kept missing the cue against this green screen because it was supposed to be flying through the Grand Canyon under the yeah. thing. And she kept missing the cue. So we had to do the thing like 80 times where we had to move the furniture and then be the gnome. They ended up just – they spent a million dollars on the commercial and they cut it. It never aired. I never got – and I had already sort of spent the money. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I usually do it, but this was a pretty much guarantee. This is a lock. I got, I got $100,000. I'm going to do this, 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 this. Mostly I cried. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got scale. I think I made five hundred dollars, yeah. but you still get the session fee, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's like a thousand dollars instead of a hundred thousand. I know. I know. <laughs> that's a yeah. I mean, I took the thousand, but yeah, I was sort of excited about the hundred. Yeah, I know. I was uh, like, I, I just, uh, I just did a well, not just did a twenty years ago. I was on a Seinfeld episode, mm-hmm. and it was the last episode they shot in the studio. It was the maid where Jerry was dating his maid, and then George wanted to be called T Bone. Anyway. I got a line or two in there. It was great. Got to be in there right before they closed the lights, turned off the lights. I was happy as could be. And then they did a clip show of all these different scenes. And then they find the uh, last shot of the clip show is uh, George you know, or Jerry and well, the, the big four. Right. We're taking a bow at the curtain call at the show that I was in. And all of us are standing behind them. And then they kind of pull out slowly so you can see all the people who are in the show standing behind them. And then they fade to black right before they got to me. Oh. And I know I've made like 23 grand off of being on Seinfeld. And this would probably be close to that. So when uh, I see it, I go, oh, editor, if you could have just waited on. three seconds. Oh, I would have paid you handsomely. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's like. Almost, but I can't worry about that. I got to think, oh, well, I was on Seinfeld. That's great. That's I made great. that 23. Not everybody That's... can say that. Exactly. So I got to be happy. But... Now, I, it's, when you, it's funny because when Kramer was at um, the Laugh Factory, yeah. um, I was at the Laugh Factory 
um, when they started heckling him and screaming at him because at that have, show where he what got have in you done since Seinfeld? Oh. I'm thinking like. <laughs> How many people can say they've done Seinfeld and made a million dollars an episode? Like, loser. What have you done since you were on the greatest sitcom of our time? Of all times. Yeah. Loser. I, it, it was mind-boggling. Yeah. That people... Oh, it's counting my money. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, it's Jeez. busy. It's busy watching reruns. And, people are the worst, to uh, quote a quote from their show. So what, um, what was your favorite show that you were on? Was it Seinfeld or... That was for sure the greatest... Uh, like, cause I was, it was huge, and I just, 1998, it was great. I was happy to be part of it. Uh, I was, I was on Third Rock a few times, and got to meet John Lithgow, of course. And he right. was the nicest guy in the world because one of the shows I did, they cut my scene, and I was sitting around waiting to, for the network run through to happen with my script in hand. And he came over and said, "Hey, Chip, uh, things are moving really fast today. I think they, they think they cut our scene, man." And I said, "Oh, they did, but they put me in the bowling alley." He's like. Oh, thank God. Thank God. And it's like, he was so nice. The star of the show coming over to go, who didn't tell Chip the scene's cut? Tell him he needs to go home. Yeah, and he was so nice. You know, there have been so many nice people. I, I, I don't think I've met, I don't think there have been any jerks. So maybe I've been really lucky. You probably, ha- I've, I've had a couple of yeah. people. Not the actors and stuff. I remember I did a, um, I did a, uh, First Tennessee Bank commercial, I was a dollar bill. Mm-hmm. I was playing chess and I was doing all these things and I was part of their, you know, uh, print campaign and stuff plus, mm-hmm. plus this commercial. This one guy just hated me, <laughs> hated me. He kept trying to send me home and I was like, yeah, but the director asked me to be part of the print. No, you got – and like the director came in and he goes like, no, I want him in the thing. And he kept trying to like, no, you can't be in this part of the thing. And I'm like, yeah. what did I – like, I'm uh, sorry I'm not a 50. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm – Oh I don't man! Know what you need from me? I I'm here. I'm trying to be a player. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, most people are really super. Yeah, I think everybody's just happy to be there. Like, hey, can you believe it? We hey, booked this thing. They, this they, is awesome. They booked us. Yeah, this is sweet. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> I could see. I mean, back in the day, I think now I'd be a little better. But I think back in the day, in the beginning, I probably would have let my ego. You know, people are waiting on you, hand and foot, and making sure you. You know, the craft services. Did right. you want an omelet and. Like yeah. a couple of gigs, people were just so catered to me. I was like, "Oh, I could, yeah, I could become a real asshole." Yeah, this is sort of nice. <laughs> I've actually forgotten one of my coolest things was uh, I I was I shot I should say I shot a scene in Space Cowboys the movie with Clint Eastwood oh, yeah. and Donald Sutherland and James Garner and Tommy Lee Jones. I got cut out of it, but the the uh, the cool thing was I, I booked it, and my agent at the time calls me up and says, "Hey, uh, Chip, they want you to play uh, this guy." In the movie, it's just one day though. It's nine hundred bucks. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, uh, is Clint Eastwood still directing it? Am I still in a scene with right. Donald Sutherland? Right. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. So then I show up on set. I look at the script for the day, the shooting script. I get to the set, and they introduce me. Oh, this is a Clint Eastwood, a Donald Sutherland. I'm like, hi guys. I'm like, this is amazing. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm peeing like, on myself. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. And then they kind of, I kind of see them usher me into a chair across from Donald Sutherland, and then I see him kind of look at me and. And as if he wants to rehearse, and he starts saying a line that I remember reading in my trailer, but it was from a different scene. And I go, um, I'm not in this scene? And then Clint Eastwood laughs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's kind of what your uh, relationship's like. You guys are friends. We're going, no, you don't understand. I'll do it. I, I, I'm not in this scene. I'm in the next scene. I'm Ted. I'm not Tom. And, uh, and he goes, oh, well, you're supposed to be the other guy, so uh, we'll just reset up the shot, and uh, we'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody have a script I could look at? But it was so funny that they thought I would have the guts to to 
break the scene in front of Clint Eastwood and Donald Sutherland. And oh, my God. I was like, no, I don't have that kind of courage. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm just – you guys are really cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's, pre- that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And then – so while you're doing that, while you're doing your auditions, while you're doing commercials, while you're doing TV shows and some movies with cool people, yeah. were you still doing your money stuff? I was – I like to run little hustles uh, as I call them. You know, like you uh, – Get this credit card, get these miles, or get this credit card, get this sign-up bonus, and it's hundreds of dollars these days. So to me, it's really, it's easy. So I, yeah, I was always into that. And then I was talking to a buddy of mine about it, and he's like, "I said, should I do a late-night infomercial?" He goes, "No, nah, the kids do blogs now." So then uh, this was like ten years ago. I started. I was like, "All right, I'll look into this." And so then I started doing this Chips Money Tips dot uh, com blog, and uh, that's where I, I give my two cents worth on little hustles or just good money-saving tips of how you can. Do certain things. That's my opinion that they're good tips. No, it's well the the how I knew that you first started doing this uh-huh. was I have several clients that are mutual friends, mm-hmm. and people started calling me and saying, "What's this about the city business license of L.A.?" Chip oh. said that there's this thing about a city business license. I'm like, "Yes, there is." I was, so I I yeah. felt like you were doing this big service because I would tell people they're like, "Whatever." Yeah. But Chip's tips talked about. This guy's not even a CPA, and he knows about it. He knows about it. (laughs) So I had everybody calling me, and I was like – so it actually really helped me because it made people so aware. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then – so I just – you know, yeah. I knew that things were going on, but so I was looking at your website, and I have a feeling that my sense is that you research this stuff, yeah. and I saw the thing about uh, Ebates. Yes, and I always watch that commercial where everybody's like, "It's not real," you know, and they're sitting in a circle, right? And that's sort of—I feel like I'm one of those people in the circle going, ah, "Yeah, how could this be? It couldn't be." Yeah, but then I know a couple people that say they actually really make money on yeah Ebates, so I have to ask the man. Sure. Like, is it real? There's a there's Ebates is one, and Top Cash Back is another. These are websites that, if you go to them, go to ebates.com, go to topcashback.com, and sign in, have an account there, and then you say, I, I want to buy a mattress at Macy's, for example. You type in Macy's in their search engine, and it takes you to the Macy's website, and you get. They say if you if you go through Top Cash Back, see what they're offering. I think today I looked it up. Today was eight percent. If you went through Top Cash Back to Macy's, you're going to get eight percent cash back if you click on Macy's by going through their website. So you just Macy's thinks that Top Cash Back is sending them there, which they are. So they're paying Top Cash Back some money, probably more than eight percent, since they're right. giving me eight percent to go to Macy's. Through wow. their website. So that's how it works. It's just – it's like taking a step to go through. Um, and then – so it does work. And it's it, just so crazy to me. It is. It's it's that simple and it's that crazy that they just they just give a little taste to these companies. So if you – yeah, whenever – if you're an online shopper, you want to do those sorts of things, have that be part of your arsenal. Okay. And, and I, I also – I think also I've done some things where I've added a couple more steps – by going through gift card granny. Okay. Yep. I was going to ask you about that. Uh-huh. Say more. There's a, there's a website called gift card granny. And what it does is it calls all the information from all the different discount gift card websites. And right now if you're saying, what? So there are – you have a gift card in your hand from, I don't know, let's, let's stick with Macy's. We'll stick with Macy's. You have, you're, somebody gave you a gift card from Macy's. Great. Well, maybe you use it. Maybe you don't. There are discount gift card websites that say, oh, um, 
um, yeah, we'll buy your whatever's left on your Macy's gift card from you at a discounted rate. Okay. Well, it's, it says it's worth a hundred bucks. Well, we'll give you eighty for it. Okay. So you sell it to you sell it to you sell granny. it to gift card granny, and then uh, you get your eighty bucks. Yeah, hey, it's easy money. Now they will put it on their website and sell it for ninety bucks. So they make ten bucks. You still get a discount. It's right. still worth a hundred bucks. Right. But you get it for ninety. So that's ten percent off. You're like, this is sweet. So the idea of discount gift cards. There are many companies out there that gift card granny looks at and calls all that information. So you can go to gift card granny and say, I want to I get a Macy's gift card. What's it offering me? Oh, this place is doing it for 6% off. This one's 5% off. Oh, this one's 8%. Oh, and it's different increments of money. Oh, this one's $106.42. Okay, I wonder why. I guess they bought something they didn't like. So you can see all these very – I should stop talking. I want to take a break. No, that's – There are different, yeah, diff, different discounted – Gift card websites out there. Well, so it's funny because so uh, I was talking with Jamie Kaler. Yes, and we um, we're very we're both a bit frugal, um, but I hold I like I probably sometimes have twenty gift cards in my wallet yeah. because I don't want to spend any of them in case I need them. Yeah, and so I and so Jamie's like spend them, and so I'm like no no. So I've got Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff. So I was at Home Depot the other day, mm-hmm. and I pulled out my gift card, and it was so crumbled. The, the lady was like, are you sh-? and I'm like, it may not even be good. Wow. But she was able, she goes, I'm going to write down a couple numbers on it because it's about <laughs> to crack. And so I spent it. And then I went back two days later and I actually spent the rest of it. Yeah. And I felt like Jamie Kaler would be very proud of yeah, me absolutely. because I actually spent the hundred dollars on my Home Depot card that I've actually had for five years. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where that's where our sickness comes back. It's like, seriously, dude, this gift card's five years old. I know, I know. I know, but one day I'm going to spend it. Like, yeah, I still yep. got a Lowe's. I got to go spend the Lowe's. I've got a bunch of food ones. Yeah, you can. The other thing you can do at these gift card websites, they will buy your old gift cards from you. So if you're like, okay, I'm tired. I don't know where Bojangles is. Right, it's not even here in the city. So I'm going to sell this to to the gift card granny people, and they'll buy it for you. They'll give you less than it's worth, but right. it's out of your wallet. You get some cash. You're like, hey, this is easy. Yeah, I'm still working. I I, yeah. I have a thing about gift cards. And oh, I, I know. You know what? I I get if I have uh, money on a Visa thing, I I always just reload my Amazon. Like if I oh need, okay, if I need, oh this. Like oh, I, that's I, I, smart. Yeah, I recently got some credit on a credit card. I had to return something. I'm like, oh, I don't use that credit card anymore. Ah, so today I went over to Amazon, loaded that credit card in there, and said, Yeah, uh, reduce my bank account for 114 dollars and 27 cents. Okay, that's, great. So I used up that credit I had sitting on my credit card that I don't use anymore. That's that's a good tip. Listen that's to right that. There. You that's take a that good tip. tip. That's a good tip. No, I. Yeah, it drives it drives me crazy. Yeah. That I won't, like, part with it. Well, like, it's so. Here's here's something else I want to throw at you guys. So now you know about gift card granny. You know about you know about discounted gift cards, and you know about top cash back or ebates. What you can do, this could blow your mind. You could go. To top cash back to buy a discounted gift card from Cardpool or Raise, for example. So you're buying it at a discount, and then what you buy is at a discount. Right. Oh, that's the best. And then you use that to go online to buy whatever it is you want. I did this to buy a computer. Well, first of all, I added another layer. I found out my union would give me 10% off if I bought it. 
So I bought, I got that coupon, I plugged in that union number, then I went through my top cash back to get a card from Raise and Cardpool, and I used those, and I bought those with a 2% cash back card, and I made $271 in, it was in five minutes, it was, I, I couldn't, I was, I was beside myself with joy. No, see, that's the kind of stuff that I get excited about. Yeah. Most people would look at me and go, you're weird, but <laughs> I actually feel really excited. And if you if you do it with a big purchase, I think that makes more sense. Right. For me, it's like, wait, I'm getting 2% off of something that costs a dollar? That's two cents. That's annoying. Right. But like, I, oh, I wanted to get some furniture at uh, Crate and Barrel a few years ago, and I bought all kinds of discounted gift cards. I bought like 40 different ones of all these different amounts, and they said, yeah, you can use them. Just walked in there with a sleeve full of gift cards. Here you go. This one's this. And they plugged it in. I saved hundreds of dollars. They're probably slightly annoyed, but yeah. uh, but who cares? <laughs> All right. So you mentioned two cents. So I have to ask this question. If you see a penny on the ground, do you pick it up or do you leave it? I leave it. And what's the reason? It's dirty. It's dirty money? Mostly it's dirty. It's, it's been touched by hobos and booger-eating morons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to touch their filthy penny. Well, I mean, I have to admit, I've probably eaten a booger when I was four or five, but maybe not. Uh, it's been a while. You should, you know, who should pick those up is people who like IPAs, because that's my opinion <clears throat> about IPA beer. It tastes like a mouthful of pennies. So pick up one of those. Yeah. And there you go. Now, if you saw, what if you saw a dollar? Yes, you'd pick it up. Yeah, even if it's dirty. Yeah, I'll pick that filthy dollar up and wash it. Stick it in the bottom part of my pocket. Yeah. Definitely. But I always use a credit card for things anyway, so I don't even touch money that much anymore. Maybe that's another problem I have. Well, you know, it's a lot of people – I think that is a problem in this day and age where uh, people don't actually know the difference. Uh, like, right, if I charge 5 bucks or charge $5,000 on my credit card, it feels exactly the same. I agree. And I'll pay it later. Um, I always feel like my nephew's 18 and I, he unfortunately has a gift uh, debit card already. And I'm like, ah. Wow. My theory is you should do six months to a year – of just using cash. Yeah. You get your check from your job. You deposit it in the bank. You see what the money looks like. You put some of it in your wallet. Oh, I used it up. Why? Oh, okay. So then you get a feel for the difference. It's a $5 sandwich or a $25 sandwich, you know? No, I, it's it's interesting. I've read uh, financial habits of, uh, of wealthy individuals and stuff. Uh-huh. And one of the things that many, if not all of them say, is they like to keep a certain amount of cash mm-hmm. in their wallet because – they can feel the pain yeah. or the joy of taking that money out. Because, yeah. you know, like if I have a $100 bill in my wallet and I have to break it, I know it's going to go quickly. Yeah. So I hold on to it. And so I'm <laughs> – it's so if, – if, if you haven't noticed, it's really hard for me to hand over uh, money to That's great. people. I'm actually very generous, but yeah. but I just don't like to part with the dollars. Well, I, had, I did this thing because the same thing. It's like I, I decided you have to give away money to charity. So I right. decided every month I'm going to put some money away in a donation fund. And then when people have a charity, then I go, well, I just take it out of my donation fund. The likelihood that I would take out hundreds of dollars out of my wallet and just give it to someone, even though it's for a charity, just wouldn't happen, I don't right. think. so. Right. But if it's in my donation fund, then I'm like, well, I got to empty whatever's in there. So that's fine. It's got to go. But, yeah, it's like I've played tricks on myself. It's okay to give away money. Look, you can give away money from that account right there. That's what it's for. Never. Yeah, I no, I do that now, too. I have a few different accounts, and I keep – I don't look at them. So I pretend sort of like your parents. I don't have any money. I don't have any money. Oh, okay, but there's that account. Oh, yeah, I know. But no, 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 no. I don't have any money. I have a friend who had a – what I think was insane. She did a thing where she would have – let's say she had – she had $100. She had – $500 in her bank account. 
So she would go to the ATM and take out 80 bucks, but she'd write down in her checkbook that she took out 120. <laughs> so she tricked herself. In her checkbook, it says she has, you know, at this point, $380. But she, but there's actually more. There's 40 more. And I'm like, it got to the point. She's like, I, my checkbook says I have negative 360 bucks, so I probably have about 100 in there. And I'm like, you're crazy. Right. But I loved it. <laughs> just, no, it made but, me so happy to hear this crazy <laughs> well, you know, game I, we play. No, that's – well, I have, I have a, uh, I had a client who um, ended up doing a design thing and ended up getting a profit share. And mm-hmm. it ended up being incredibly successful. Um, but what he did was because he was used to living on $30,000 a year, when the checks started coming in, he just put them in a separate bank account and pretended like he didn't have it. Uh-huh. Except at the end of the year when I started doing his numbers, I'm like – um, you have $700,000 of deposits. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I've been getting these checks, but I don't want to count them. So I've just been – I'm like, but you know you owe money on it. He's like, oh, shit. You got to tell Bob you about You got to let me know that you just put three quarters of a million dollars in your bank account. He's like, I totally forgot. Wow. And, that's and discipline. It's Yeah. And, and, and it was funny because every year he'd say, well, this will be the last year I'm going to get good money. And the next, the next year it would be like 1.5. Wow. And then he'd be like – I, this is it, and the next year it's two mil, wow. and so then if I, you know every time you go, I'm not going to make any money. I'm like, you're a liar, <laughs> <laughs> you're a liar. You're going to be flush. But I thought it was such a great trick to play yeah. that he's got all this money because he just because I have other folks that get a million dollars a year gig on TV and they think they're going to make a million dollars for the next fifty years. Yeah. It doesn't quite work that way. I did a Not sh- for everybody. I did a show called The Kids Are All Right, and it turned out that one of the kids in the uh, cast – we did a table read. This kid came up afterward. He goes, hey, I'm uh, Sam. I play uh, whatever on the show. And I'm like, oh, hey, Sam. How are you? I'm from Cincinnati. You're from Cincinnati. I go, yeah, I am. Where, where did you grow up, Sam? Oh, Anderson Township. Oh, really? So did I. What street? Off Salem. I go, I grew up on Salem. What what street? Uh, Holtz. I go, that's the street that dead ends into my my driveway. So if you pull out of Holtz, that's my driveway, the long driveway. That's I can live there. He goes, oh, yeah, cool. And I think he did some research. <laughs> he's like, because uh, you went to Garden Angels too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, yeah, my mom did too. Who's your mom? Jill Grogan. I go, your mom's Jill Grogan? So your dad's Pat Crawford? Yeah. <laughs> I go, dude, I know all of them. So this kid, anyway – one of the little things in our short time together, I was like, save your money, man. Just save your money. You save don't have your to, money. You don't need to go get that Airbnb in the hills right now nope. while you're out here shooting. Just you know, save it. Buy a house. Save a it. A little bit later. What was your best investment? Boy, that's a great question. I should probably have an answer to. Best? Oh, my house. Okay. Yeah, my house. I bought yeah. it 20 years ago. Two hundred sixty-six thousand. Oh, geez, and it's worth close to nine hundred, I think now. Nice, yeah. And I, of course, had nothing to do with it. <laughs> if my roommate hadn't said, "Dude, I want to get an apartment because I'm never going to get a woman in here and get married looking at our apartment," so he bought a house, and I was like, oh, "I guess I got to buy a house." Got to buy a house. And then, uh, so thanks to him wanting to move out, I bought a house, and that's been, you know, tremendous. Tremendous yeah. for me. I remember sitting on the back porch, going, "A quarter of a million dollars—that's a lot of money." Right. And talking to my dad about it. I'm like, I said, right now I pay $300, $360 a month for rent, and the mortgage is going to be 1500 bucks a month. My dad's like, well, do you think you can make that kind of money? Go, I don't know. But thank God it worked out. That worked I out. I mean, I'm dumb luck, but I'll take it, yeah. Hey, you'll take it. Well, that's cool. So um, I know we're getting close to the end here. Sure. Um, one final piece of advice. Um, 
that you would give yourself, knowing what you know now, what would you tell that 16-year-old kid that's about to do stand-up comedy, become a cameraman, and do a whole bunch of gigs? What would you tell yourself? It's not sexy, but I'd say save your money. Live save within your, your means. It's, you know, uh, I lived at home, thank God, because my folks uh, let me live there. And so when I was doing stand-up on the road for five years before I moved out here, I was able to save 20 grand. Nice. Uh, compared to, I moved out to L.A. with $20,000. So if you're going to live at home, save your money. You know, don't say, well, cool, I don't have to work as many hours. Just keep doing what you're doing. Save some money. Get a little cushion for yourself. Don't stress. Get, don't buy a brand new car. You know, just uh, save it, save it, save a little bit of money, save it. And where can people find you? I know there's money, uh, chips, money, tips, there's chips, money, tips. And if you want to see the showbiz stuff, that's chipchinnery.com. And I also have the at chipchinnery and at chips, money, tips on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And what other one could I be on? Friendster? Does that have a thing? I don't Sure. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I'm so bad with <laughs> social media. It's so beyond me. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, though. You also um, do you, you work with individuals? Yes. And help people? I, I love I love trying to fix people's situations. So if you're out there and say, dude, I don't know what to do here, I love consulting and uh, finding the holes or finding the leaks and the problems and giving you my two cents worth. And you can do with it what you want. You can not pick it up or you, know, you can pick it up. I had a guy's like, yeah, I've got 50 grand in a checking account that doesn't earn any interest. I go, how about 2.5% interest? Would you like that? Let's get that for that, please. I can't sleep until we get this taken care of. I care often more about their situation than they do. So, all right, here's my final question because I know this is true of me and I'm wondering if it might be true of you. And I've actually had a few people say that's actually a good trait as, an, as a person with money. I'm a bit OCD. Yeah, me too. I'm a bit obsessive. I check things out like 500 times and everything has to – so I'm a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but somebody's like, that's really good. For what you do, yeah. that's really good. And you I'm want... wondering if you have a bit of that. Oh, yeah, I do. I have everything in Quicken. So I have I – have, I have, how about this? I have almost 30 credit cards. None of uh, I use two of them. One I use one regularly and I have a backup. So I have 30 credit cards. I have multiple checking or not checking account but savings accounts online that I opened at various times because they had the highest rate and I left a dollar in them so that if they all of a sudden have a better rate than the one I have now I can just shoot it over there. Smart. And don't have to reopen an account. Uh, all these credit cards people are like, "Oh, you have 30 credit cards. How do you keep track of it?" Well, I just pick a date the 20th is when all my statements close, for what it's worth. That's easy. Quicken will track all of my credit cards. I click of a button. It goes down and downloads any new transaction. So if somebody stole my credit card, I'd see it pop up as a transaction. So let, let technology help you. You know, I have Quicken to track all my stuff. I do love that stuff. Quicken, do you have QuickBooks. Quicken or QuickBooks? I do QuickBooks, but – That's a higher end, right? That's a higher it? end. Yeah. It's more uh, – business yeah yeah but i remember when i first found that program 100, 100 years ago and i would i'd reconcile every every yeah. every week yep. to the penny up yeah i'm like no you don't understand i do like, the same saturday thing. night i was like <laughs> i spent three hours reconciling oh, and i yeah. found 32 cents that i didn't know i had yeah my girlfriend was like hey tell me again about the bank of america premium rewards card she was mocking me but I get this. this is <laughs> but last you told night. her anyway. I told her, listen, it's 2.625% cash back. How do I not? You got it. On everything. I can pay my taxes and make money. Where are you going? So <laughs> She's like out to dinner and charging it, <laughs> going to Macy's. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, listen, I, it's been great having yeah. you on here. Uh, we know where people can find you. Um, check him out. He's got a lot of great tips. And it's great because I'm always – Chip told me this. I read about this. Did you know about this? So, oh, what about this? What about this? And I do actually – I get your uh, 
You get spammed early. You probably got spammed 10 years ago. I'm glad you haven't uh, – No, no, no. I, I get it because I like to sometimes read – The newsletter. Go, oh, I know about that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I knew that. No, I didn't know that. So um, It's a free newsletter. Huh? It's free. It's a, and I, I thought about doing a Patreon page and then I thought I'd just – it would just be for the whole sole purpose of yelling at whoever paid me. <laughs> so, dude, I'm telling you tips about how to save money. Why are you giving me $5 a month? I don't know why. But then – and then still take the money. Though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. For sure. <laughs> to teach him a lesson. You got to learn. You got to feel the pain. Well, check us out. Don't forget to share the laughs. Uh, if you liked us, tell everyone. If you didn't, don't say a word. <laughs> tell them something else. But uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. For more stories, podcast episodes, financial tools, upcoming seminars, be sure to check us out at The Money Nerve. And if you're completely bored, come on down to The Comedy Store, one of the greatest clubs in the country, and see some great comedy. Until next time, thanks so much for being with us, Chip. Thanks, Bob. Bye.